Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve. Joining me, as always, is the lovely Hannah Martin. Hannah, hi, how are you? Hi, I'm great, how are you? Uh, wow, good, thanks. You I'm very... feeling like my soul, my blood is stained with the souls of the innocent. <laughs> what is the line that keeps popping up in this movie? <laughs> I don't remember specifically. And Hannah mentions that line from the wonderful 2007 flick, Ghost Rider. So... I'd said it last week, and I'll say it again, but Ghost Rider is based on a Marvel comic book superhero. So a lot of people actually had reached out to us and said that they had no idea that Ghost Rider was a Marvel superhero. So uh, the character was created in the 70s, and this movie does a fairly accurate retelling of a Ghost Rider story. Probably not as... uh, comparable to the original I think appearance they get the religious of aspects right but mm-hmm. i think that his character portrayal is a little off and we'll talk about that yeah we can talk about that so i did a lot of research on on the character of ghost rider myself so um because i'm a big comic book that's good because so. i didn't do much so okay, good. You, can speak, <laughs> you can speak a lot to that we can have some good conversations surrounding his character choices fantastic so we'll get into a lot of that in a moment but one of the first things we like to kick off this podcast with is what is this movie rated on imdb rotten tomatoes that kind of thing not great yeah <laughs> i'll preface it with that we're looking at a 5.2 out of 10 on imdb that and a 26 percent on rotten tomatoes that's really bad yeah yeah that ain't that ain't good we can get into it later, whether or not you think that this movie deserved it, but it's a little harsh, I think. I think it's pretty harsh, but yeah. do these superhero movies ever get good ratings? Some of them do. Like, do critics actually like these kinds of movies? Depends on the movie. But yeah, some of them do. Is like, it the same group of critics for everything? Yeah, I think so. But so Is that the Academy? No. So Rotten Tomatoes... You have to be like a certified critic or something on Rotten Tomatoes. And then they, the percentage that you get is the number of positive reviews that each of those critics gives. So it's kind of like a flip of the coin almost in that sense, where in this case, only 26% of the people who reviewed Rotten Tomatoes right, ghost so like 26 out of 100 but they said they liked it. Said that they liked it or, or had a positive review of it. So if their rating is out of 100, some of them could be like 51 out of 100, and that's considered a like. So it's like it got 26% likes. Oh, I see what likes. you mean, like 51. Like, yeah, it gets like complicated. Like a score of 51 out of 100. That's, so that would yeah. be a positive right. because... It's over 50. Right, exactly. Okay, I see. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how that works. And then the how Academy... How do I become <laughs> a certified critic? Because I am very critical. And I yes. feel like I would be really good at that job. And we are learning a lot about the movie making process by watching all of these I think movies. I'm learning a lot about everything in life. Because... Always. <laughs> I constantly have something either good or bad to say i'm very opinionated that is true so and this podcast has only helped foster that <laughs> i don't know exactly how you go about being a rotten tomatoes cr- critic i think next week i'll let you know okay. how my journey is going into okay. for my foray into a uh, rotten tomatoes criticism but it used to be like 600 critics or something and then they recently bumped that number up to a couple thousand i believe those are the numbers all right so they can stand to throw me in there they can throw you a bone <laughs> <laughs> 
So before we start going through the movie here, we are going to get a little bit of background information, a little bit of behind-the-scenes info about Ghost Rider from Hannah Martin. Do you want to give a really quick overview? Yeah, I didn't this time because the story of Ghost Rider is very odd, but I can think if I can find a way to sum it up in like one sentence, and that is... A man sells his soul to the devil. A man sells his soul to the devil and becomes the devil's bounty hunter, who is a flaming skeleton man who rides a motorcycle. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that's perfect. Okay. I feel like most people have seen Ghost Rider and know what Ghost Rider looks like, so... Yeah. 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 Yep, yep. All right. <laughs> so let's get into the get into the content. Let's do it. What you got for me? Talk about the budget and the box office. Okay. So budget was 120 million. Okay. And box office was 228.7 million. Oh, fantastic. So it did quite well. Yeah. Curious how the sequel did. Not as well. <laughs> uh, so that's another fact. There's a sequel. I think it came out in 2010, 2011. So we'll get to it. Yeah, I thought I read 2012, but I could be wrong. Okay. Doesn't Some, matter. Sometime around then. I have a lot to cover. Oh, okay. Please. <laughs> so this movie took 76 days to shoot, which I think is quite that's... long. Oh, really? I thought that seemed short. Um, I think that's quite long. A little over two months? Mm -hmm. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. But... That's nothing in comparison to how long it took to actually get this to start production. Mm. So Marvel began development for Ghost Rider as early as t Ghost Rider girls <laughs> Ghost Rider as early as 1992. Wow! And they were in discussions with potential producers to sell the rights to. In '97, they had a producer, and they had a writer, and then they had a different writer, and then in 2000, in May of 2000, they announced an agreement. Um, with uh, Marvel announced an agreement with the production company to film Ghost Rider with uh, John Voight attached as the producer. Okay. So they were going to start production in early 2001 with a budget of $75 million, and Johnny Depp expressed a lot of interest in playing the leading role. I could see him doing that. So over that year, they had some disagreements in terms of the finances of the film so they had a different producer sign on, and then they had a different director sign on, and then they had a different actor maybe sign on for Ghost Rider. And then in 2001, Nick Cage entered the conversation to be considered for the lead role. Um, and then Nick Cage was doing other stuff, so he had to leave the project. And then in 2002... <laughs> Columbia Pictures sought to acquire the rights to Ghost Rider in a turnaround from uh, the success that they had with Spider-Man. So that mm. came with, like, Spider-Man was sold to Sony as part of an acquisition th to keep Marvel afloat, right? Yes. Yeah, so I believe it, it seems like at least it was around the 90s. I'm a little fuzzy on when exactly it happened, but... Obviously, late in the, 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, and in the 90s, not as many kids were buying comic books as much as they used to. So in order to keep Marvel afloat, Stan Lee, the um, creative director at the time, had to figure out a way to um, keep the company going. So he sold the rights for films to their main flagship characters, and mostly being Spider-Man was what kept them alive. So they were able to hold on to other lesser-known characters at the time, things like Iron Man and Captain America, and that's why they were able to make those movies in the later 2000s. Right. But it seems as though Ghost Rider, as well as others like, I know, the Hulk and the X-Men mm -hmm. and uh, Daredevil, as well as Spider-Man, were all sold to various production companies. Right. 
So Ghost Rider seems to be like the ugly stepchild of Marvel cinematic features. <laughs> okay. Now we're getting, so we started in what, the early 90s, 92, and then we were in 97, and then we're in 2000, 2001, 2002. In 2003, um, and the new director who eventually was the director of the produced film, Mark Steven Johnson, took over. Um, he rewrote the script, and then they were ready to start producing the movie in late 2003 or early 2004, but they had to delay it because Nick Cage, who signed back on to the project, had to leave to film The Weatherman. Ah. So then they uh, slated production for 2004. But as you know, this movie didn't come out until 2007. So right. like a whole bunch more shit happened where they were going to start in 2004 and then it pushed into 2005. Oh God, and then they had a lot of actors drop out and come in and come there and come oh everywhere. And then in 2005, Peter Fonda was cast as the villain, the, right. the lead who yes. Nick Cage actually, um, he uh, lobbied for Peter Fonda to play okay. the lead. Um, then they had issues with where they should film it. So the director found, um, an area of, uh, Melbourne, Australia, where they could film this movie, which upped the budget. Okay. Um, so in 2005, everything was done. They were going to release it in 2006 and then... They had more issues with scheduling release. They had oh, to God. do last minute reshoots in Vancouver. And then Sony finally changed the film's release once more to February 16, 2007. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that happens a lot from what I understand. Oh, my God. The movie it's just so many process. years, like trying to make this movie and failing and then finally yeah. making it and then yikes. Yeah. Like, just didn't le- live up to expectation. So if they had made the movie in 2001... Spider-Man 1 came out in 2001. Yeah, I mean, it may have been overshadowed by it. Right. So the reason they pushed it until 2007 was because Sony had a bad year in 2006. hmm. So they didn't want to just take another hit in case it flopped. Hmm. So they decided to release it in 07 just to get more revenue in the book. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know also too, and I don't know how it was back in 2007, but it certainly is sort of the way now that movies will try to release something in the winter time when there's a really busy summer blockbuster season. Yeah. So like if there's a lot of big Star Wars or superhero movies or something coming out in the summer, they might move their blockbuster movie to the winter to try to make more money so that they Makes can sense. avoid competition. And I I feel like movies that come out around Christmas are usually pretty successful. Yeah. Yeah, people want to have an indoor activity when it gets cold yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> So I mentioned that it was filmed in Australia. It was also filmed in Texas. The movie takes place in Texas and then in what, Mexico? Yeah, a little bit in Mexico. Um, There is a scene, which we'll get to in the movie, which involves a bridge. And there's a pretty interesting story about the bridge. Oh, okay. Let's see. So originally I mentioned that the budget was going to be $75 million. And then when they were actually ready to start filming it, they had the budget set at $65 million. And then Nick came back on to the project and he demanded a lot of stuff like better photography for the ghost rider skull thing and like a bunch of other shit. And then that upped the budget like times two to be like $120 million. I mean, honestly, though, could you imagine a 
twice as bad version of the Ghost Rider. No, it'd be horrible. It would be terrible, this movie. I mean, like. the Ghost Rider's not that poorly done. No, I, I think it looks it pretty fine. good. Yeah, it's, you know, I think by today's standards, it's not quite there. But by 2007 standards, it's pretty good. Yeah. Actually, very interesting fact about um, the Ghost Rider's appearance so they took an x-ray of Nick Cage's skull. Oh, really? And then they modeled the skull awesome. after Nick Cage's skull. So if you ever were curious what his skull, what looks, his like. skull looks like, it looks almost identical to the Ghost Rider skull. That's pretty <laughs> awesome, actually. <laughs> um, another interesting tidbit about Ghost Rider is that the sound designer actually recorded his voice and did like a ton of distortion mm. to it. So it's not actually Nick Cage's voice. We were wondering about that. I, it didn't it sound didn't like, sound him, like at all. him at all. He can't yeah. mask that. That, whatever uh, the, yeah the guttural whatever uh, <laughs> and he has a really bad southern accent in this movie so oh god it's so bad he's like he just howdy sucks, y'all sucks at accents <laughs> yeah all this new york accent was pretty good in uh world trade center oh yeah it was yeah okay so another fun fact is just that you know this is one of the few marvel movies um without stanley because stanley yeah. had actually nothing to do with Ghost Rider, yep. like the comic or right. the creation of the character. Yeah, it was created by Roy Thomas, who's another big creative head person at Marvel. Do you have anything else mm-hmm. like to mention about <laughs> Ice Cream <laughs> Man? Ice to cream mention man. about the Ice Cream Man? Um, to mention <laughs> about the Ghost Rider, since you said you did some research, and then I'll get into some stuff about Nick. Sure, yeah, just a, a, a little bit. <laughs> That's not the freaking... It's so fucking loud. It's so loud as it passes by. So... Um, yeah, so the Ghost Rider was created in 1972, actually. And interestingly enough, at least for me, it was 1972 is kind of right in the middle of the height of the Comics Code Authority. So the, com- the Comics Code Authority is, I believe it was back in the 50s, maybe the 60s, there was this quack psychologist who wrote a book called The Seduction of the Innocent, where he went around and he interviewed a bunch of kids in juvenile detention centers and psychiatric wards. And he asked the kids, what do you like to do for fun? And many of them said, we like to read comic books. Oh, okay. So it's like the argument that... Video know, games cause video violence. Video games cause, yeah, exactly. exactly. Or serial killers. Or so all of the comic book companies got together. Marvel, DC, uh, maybe even Image and Dark Horse, some of the lesser known comic book companies at the time. They got together and they said, on each of our comics, we're going to put this stamp of approval that's approved by this authority, this pa- this board, this panel of people who will take out things like cleavage, they'll take out drug usage, they'll take out the word mafia, and very... Yeah. 70s. (laughs) They'll take out werewolves and vampires. Communism. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So one of the funniest things about the Comics Code Authority is that they couldn't use the word mafia, and so instead the Marvel comics used the word the Magia, (laughs) M-A-G-G-I-A, to just be like this group of Italian men who were very violent. <laughs> so, like, there were these really ridiculous rules for I the feel Comics like Code Authority. there's an Italian restaurant in Pennsylvania that I've been to called Magia's. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, so they just moved the F one letter to be the Magia. So, anyway, as we talked a little bit about earlier, the design of Ghost Rider is really dramatic and quite demonic in the sense that he's he's a skeleton with a flaming skull wearing all leather and like spiked leather and he's riding a motorcycle. So pretty, it's kind pretty of pretty sexy. If you ask, me. it's very sexy. So that would ca- compel me to commit some crimes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of, um, like I said, interesting that ghost rider was created and published in the seventies. 
So as for the character itself, most of the powers that we see and we'll talk about the Ghost Rider having in this movie were actually the second iteration of Ghost Rider, a character who is not Johnny Blaze. So Johnny Blaze is Nick Cage. I see. But there's another iteration uh, named Danny Ketch, who is the one who um, has the leather jacket. He's got the chain. He's got fireballs and stuff like that that we see Nick Cage do in this movie. So So they all combined it to one. Interesting. I Mm -hmm. didn't know most of that. But Mm -hmm. I feel like the way that Nick portrays his character, his as Johnny Blaze is more similar to the first iteration of it than the second and then the way that Ghost Rider is portrayed is apparently more yes. similar to the second. So, like, yeah. Nick Cage plays this character, like, real buttoned up, enjoys... Like, he's not... Yeah. Even though he's yeah. a daredevil, like, he... I mean, we'll talk about the content in the movie, but, like, he... On his motorcycle, will do stunts and stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, he won't drink. He doesn't smoke. Right. He takes a pack of cigarettes away from his dad, like, three times in the movie. He listens to the Carpenters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's what makes some of his acting choices so bizarre. Well, he decided that he wanted to do that to give the character more depth to like make it seem, I guess, not as bad that he sold his soul to the devil or more reasonable. Okay. Like more of a person than yeah. just a whatever a maniac. Right. So a few more things I want to mention about the character of Ghost Rider. First of all, Roy Thomas, who created Ghost Rider, I just pulled it up here. He's also a co-creator of characters like Wolverine, uh, Vision, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Ultron. So a lot of like pretty big comic book characters. He's yeah. probably the second biggest name in, in uh, character creation behind Stanley at Marvel. The other thing I wanted to mention, too, is that we we talked about it for a second there, but Ghost Rider takes many different iterations, like many different people have become Ghost Rider over the years. So there's a really interesting... uh, Is that like the Spider-Man theory? Sort of. I don't know, theory. Well, so (laughs) sort of. So like... Theory. (laughs) So (laughs) Spider-Man is more about parallel dimensions and parallel worlds. Whereas Ghost Rider is like every hundred oh, years, yeah, there's yeah, a new yeah, yeah. Ghost okay, Rider on the same Earth. Understood. So, yeah. So like Johnny Blaze is the main one, but then there's Danny Ketch, as we mentioned, who also rides a motorcycle. But then most recently, there was a guy, Robbie Reyes, who is another Ghost Rider who drives a muscle car. But then you go back in time and the very first Ghost Rider or maybe it's on a horse. Of, well, there was a Ghost Rider from like the early revolution era or whatever who rode a horse who we see in this movie. But even before then, there's a prehistoric ghost rider who rides a woolly a mammoth. A dinosaur? Oh, a woolly mammoth. mammoth. That's pretty cool, though. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty interesting. So Still flaming skull? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> On a woolly mammoth. Yeah, it's I don't think he wears awesome. a leather jacket. But, yeah, it's, really, <laughs> it's a really interesting comic book series because it looks at, like, all of the characters who would be around at, like, 1 million BC and, like, mm. looks at all the heroes and the kind of things that, that they would fascinating. fight. That is fascinating. But, yeah, so in the 90s was probably the second major run of ghost rider and the 90s was when they started to abandon the comics code authority and the artists just had a, a shitload of fun with it yeah <laughs> they were just like every like every character had more guns more chains profanity. more profanity <laughs> more profanity like boobs were like out and stuff like that so that's why you see a lot of characters like ghost rider as well as maybe like a venom who are like these extreme cool characters from the 90s. So 
kind of good segue here. I, I read an interview with Nick from 2018. So after the second uh, Ghost Rider had already come out a few years after that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, around the time that Deadpool had come out. Yes. Deadpool's so, another one from the 90s. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so Nick has come out and said that he really wishes that the movie could have just been rated R because I, he thought that mm. it would have had similar critical success that Deadpool had. And I disagree. No. I don't think that that character is as compelling as yeah. Deadpool's character. I agree. Deadpool's funny. But I think he's just, I don't know, he's just saying yeah. that because Deadpool just Deadpool's came out and he's popular. like, oh, I could have I done that. <laughs> Deadpool's way funnier than Ghost Rider. Also, like, Nick can't be, he, Nick's not a comedian. <laughs> no, he's not. And Deadpool was pretty cool too because unlike Ghost Rider, they kept their original budget of like 50 million. So they had to get more creative to work around that limited budget. Whereas Deadpool or Ghost Rider was just like, screw it, let's up the budget, Mm. which sometimes removes some creativity, but sometimes is actually useful, which I think it was probably more useful in this movie. Makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I had to say about Ghost Rider. If you want to go into something else. Yeah. So we mentioned that Ghost Rider is a comic from the 70s, yes. which is the time that Nicolas Cage grew up. And we know that Nick Cage loves comics. Yes. Nick Cage has a tattoo on his arm of Ghost Rider, which they had to cover up with makeup for the movie because that would be way too meta. <laughs> Doesn't he have a couple of superhero tattoos? I think so, yeah. I think he's got it. He's probably got a Superman because he almost played Superman. Right. I mean, he and named I think his that's child his... Cal-El. Exactly. Yeah, I forgot that for a brief moment. <laughs> How could you forget? And I mean, he took his last name Cage from, yeah, from Luke, Luke Cage, Cage, who's another uh, Roy Thomas character. Yeah, Nick has a lot of tattoos. I was thinking maybe closer to the end. Well, the, this podcast will never end because this man's <laughs> career will never end. But I guess cl- more out into the the future of his movie career i'll i'll try and find an article about all of his tattoos <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah we can talk about that yeah so nick wears a wig in this movie oh my god it's terrible is it, well don't tell the hair and makeup people because it took about three plus hours a day to apply really yeah. i feel like you could have just <laughs> filled in his widow's peak with a sharpie and it would have looked better <laughs> you're not wrong at all that's what it looked like it's pretty terrible yeah it's not great well it took a while Ugh. um let's see yeah i mentioned i mentioned the skull that he got an x-ray and then it was cgi'd um and just like in general nick i mean this is his time to shine he loves you know he's so hard for cartoons and <sighs> comics, comics and yeah. stuff that yeah it, he really lobbied hard to play this role. I bet. So let's see. Last thing I'll talk about Ghost Rider and then we'll get into some 2007 Nick Cage history. But um, this movie was nominated for a Razzie again. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, he did not win, but it was for worst actor, Nicolas Him? Cage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think he was that bad. I don't think the script was very Yeah, the script generous. wasn't doing him any favors. <laughs> Same with um, Ava Mendez, who plays the female lead slash love interest in this movie. Thank you for mentioning her. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot to share that Ava Mendez intentionally gained weight to play this role because apparently, and yeah, like, really? I, yeah, I didn't huh. think she looked, I don't know how she yeah. usually looks, but yeah. she wanted to look as voluptuous as the character in the comic. She wanted, oh, really? like, for the fans of the comic, she wanted to do the character justice, I suppose, in terms of the way that her body looked. I, I don't know. 
weird. I might try to pull up a picture of Roxanne, who is the character's <laughs> name, but uh, I don't know if I'll be able to do it in time. We are on a bit of a time crunch this week, so we'll do it later. Okay. Anyhow. All right. 2007, Nick. I think I teased a few weeks back that 07 was not a good year for yeah. one Nicholas Kim yeah. Cage. <laughs> Coppola. Um, so he bought two uh, pretty expensive properties this year. Gray Craig is the name of this estate. It's a 24,000 square foot manor in Rhode Island. It has 12 beds and 10 baths. And he purchased it for the very reasonable price (laughs) of I'm not sure because it's not on there. Okay, good talk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming many million dollars. (laughs) Okay. And then he also purchased Midford Castle, which is in Somerset, England. Um, so, <laughs> oh yeah, okay. So it says that this for the Rhode Island home, it said the sale ranked among the state of Rhode Island's most expensive residential purchases. So I have oh to assume God. that it was quite uh, hefty of, yeah. a, of a tag. Yeah. Okay. So also in 2007, Nick Cage put a ton of properties on the market because he is starting to run out of capital in order to pay for these of course so he had some properties in germany i think i mentioned he bought a castle or two or three or seven in germany i don't even remember how many (laughs) that he put on the market um he bought an island in the bahamas that he put on the market it was seven million dollars and then a bunch of properties in california so in 2009 is when um the irs comes for him but a lot of, and I'll talk about that then, um, mm-hmm. the, the filing against him, but a lot of what happens in the filing is per the year 2007, where he failed to pay over $6.2 million in federal income tax Yikes. for all the properties that he owned. Yikes. So um, he blamed a lot of that on his business man- manager and financial advisor, Sam Levin. And uh, when we get to 2009, when he files the lawsuit, I'll talk about Nick's side of the story. But I think for now, let's talk about Sam's side of the story because it's pretty interesting from an outsider's perspective. So uh, Sam Levin said that in 2007, Nick Cage's shopping spree entailed the purchase of three additional residences at a total of more than $33 million. The purchase of 22 automobiles, including nine Rolls Royces. Jesus, why do you need that many? Well... Ask Nick. Okay. <laughs> Twelve purchases of expensive. Well, he has so many properties. He needs to put a vehicle at each property. So he has in each one. So, yeah, exactly. Please, we have four. I know for all four of, for our, all properties. Four of our properties. <laughs> um, Twelve purchases of expensive jewelry and forty-seven purchases of artwork and exotic items. One of those items was a dinosaur skull. Oh god! Of a Tarbosaurus. Oh god! After discovering that it was stolen, he has since had to return it to the Mongolian authorities that he purchased it from. Jesus. Um, he, uh, so Sam Levin uh, counter had a uh, filed a counter complaint against the lawsuit that Nick Cage filed mm-hmm. to him in 2009. But he basically said that, you know, he did his due diligence in terms of advising him against purchasing many things. He said that in 2007, he advised him against purchasing a Gulfstream jet. Oh, my God. <laughs> against buying and owning a um, flotilla of yachts. I didn't know that that was the plural of yachts. 
yachts? Nope. I didn't know that's what you call a group of yachts is a flotilla. <laughs> a flotilla. And again, spying and owning uh, the squadron of Rolls Royces against buying millions of dollars of jewelry and art. Jesus. Which he did anyway. Wow. So um, compelling argument from Sam's side. We'll hear what, what, what young, <laughs> in a couple years. young Nikki has to say in a few years. Jesus. God bless Alice Kim. Is yeah, that, is that her name yeah, for sticking with well, him through all this? I mean, she had nothing when she got with him. So That's true. I it's guess, not like yeah. she knows any different. Yeah, fair enough. Wow, interesting stuff. Should we get for into sure. the movie? <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. Okay. So the movie opens up, and we don't even see Nicolas Cage for the first thirty minutes of this movie. I was going to say honestly, this part may not take that long because Nick is barely in this movie, and but he's the lead. <laughs> the entire plot and exposition of the movie takes place in the first thirty minutes, just without the lead character <laughs> or it without takes the lead place in actor. The past, yeah. yeah, it takes place in the past. So it starts off with a voiceover by Sam Elliott, you know, the guy who has that really deep, like he's an incredible voice. It's so good, it's I can't so even good. mimic it. But he, so Morgan Freeman, James Earl Jones, like three best voices oh, in Hol- male voices in Hollywood. Ving Rhames is another good one. Oh, He's the, yeah, the yeah, Arby's yeah. guy <laughs> who's been in Nick Cage movies, actually. Oh, and the Old Spice guy, too. What's his name on the horse? Yeah, he's got a good voice. He's he's not really in much else other than no. that. Yeah. He's and he's young. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. He he hasn't worked himself up to legend status yet. Anyhow, so the movie opens up and gives the entire exposition in the plot, and that is what we touched on earlier that the Ghost Rider is a bounty hunter for the devil. And in the Marvel universe, the devil is Mephisto. They call him Mephisto. So we'll probably just call him the devil. I, I might inadvertently call him Mephisto. Please just call him the devil. Well, I this is my ship, hat. <laughs> <laughs> so there was way back when a ghost rider who rode a horse who had to get a bounty on a thousand souls. And yeah. so... In some Mexican town. In some Mexican town. And so he never actually returned those souls to the devil. And instead he what ran he away. In a, in a book or in a, in a no. scroll? Yeah, in a scroll. How's that work? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Don't worry about <laughs> it. So he, he has the contract for the, the, thousand for souls. the bounty, for the thousand souls. And the devil needs that contract. But instead of giving it to the devil, he ran away from the devil. If and, you lose, the in, devil gets your soul. I guess. This is the devil went down to Georgia. So <laughs> The devil went down to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> so the ghost rider ran away, I guess. The devil and went in hiding, I suppose. I don't really know. On hallowed ground. On hallowed ground. Because the devil can't attack Trespass. anyone on churches or cemeteries or something. So nowadays, the devil's son... <laughs> got a band of elemental demons together. <laughs> one based on earth, one based on water, one based on so air. Real avatar, the air, so, yeah, airbender shit. Real airbender shit. <laughs> so the devil's son got his, got his elemental demons together to look for that contract on earth. Mm-hmm. Because if he gets that contract, he will have a thousand souls and he'll be the most powerful being in the world, I guess. But the cool. devil knows either that the contract is lost or doesn't want that. So, and his ghost rider ran away. So he needs a new ghost rider because the devil can't attack anybody on earth. He's got to get other people to do his bidding. Mm-hmm. So that's why he needs a rider, a flaming skeleton man. <laughs> so all of that happens. 15 in, minutes. In say. the first 15, 30 minutes that we learn all about this. Also, we learn about the backstory of Johnny Blaze. He's a motorcycle stunt man. 
with his daddy with his daddy and he ends up being the new ghost rider because he sells his soul to the devil in order to save his dad's life he kind of does it inadvertently as well in this movie well yeah and i think that that in every like text about the way that the devil will have someone sell their soul it's always like in your in blood yes yeah so he so he like pricks yeah. his finger and the blood drips on the signature line and the devil's like all right good enough yes. that means you signed it yes and he's only did it in order to cure his father from cancer right so also young johnny blaze is not nicholas cage it's played by a different actor so that's right. why we're not really dwelling on these scenes but no, okay. so then fine. of course like any deal with the devil that you make the the dad is cured of cancer but then he has a motorcycle accident the next day and dies. Right. So... And then there's also a young Ava Mendes. Yes, there's... Who is brilliantly casted, by the way. She, she looks just looks like just her. looks just like her. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. It's amazing. They just put a mole on her and it was done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, all of that happens, but in that original voiceover, you asked me to write this down because that original voiceover is well, Sam Elliott. say something really cheesy, right? He, he goes, <laughs> the thing about legends is sometimes they're true whoa <laughs> and then they go into that really cheesy like again 90s early 2000s animated opening credits yeah of like where you're like following flames ugh, <laughs> it's so extreme and epic bro uh it's not so whoa, the first time really bad. <laughs> this could couldn't be worse than those opening credits the first time we actually see nicholas cage though is he's doing his motorcycle jumping and he goes to jump a bunch of trucks and he has a bad fall and he's like, everyone's like, oh my God, this guy's immortal. I can't believe you. It's really, that's it. Yeah, but the devil's keeping him alive. <laughs> essentially, because he needs him alive to do his bidding his later. Bidding. Right. So now Nick Cage is on the tour bus and on the tour bus because he's this world famous motorcycle jumper stuntman. And when he's on the tour bus, all of his boys are either playing poker or video games or something. He's sitting there reading a book, and they're all drinking beers and smoking cigarettes. And he's not drinking a beer. What is he drinking, Han? He is drinking... <gasps> oh, yeah, a martini glass <laughs> of red and yellow jelly beans. <laughs> I should have... Hold on, let me look up something about that. Yeah, while you look up, I'll keep going. So he's on the tour bus, and he's reading, and he's wearing this giant 10-gallon cowboy hat. And he's flipping through the TV... And this guy is like putting on a news segment about Johnny Blaze and Nick Cage is like, no, no, I don't want to watch that. I want to watch this special on Howler Monkeys, which is just so dumb, dumb acting choices all around. It's so This scene is one of the most corny. What do you got about the jelly beans? I got a quote directly from the man himself. Okay, what you got? He said, it was important to me that Johnny Blaze slash Ghost Rider wasn't a badass because to me, that was the guy truly inviting the devil in. I thought that if the devil was really trying to get you, you would do everything you could to push him away. So I've got him drinking jelly beans out of a martini glass. He listens to Karen Carpenter because he's trying to relax and he really likes chimpanzees. <laughs> <laughs> so those were all Nick Cage's choices. Those are choices. all of his choices that we see in this scene. And it's terrible. It's terrible. It, it, it makes no sense. No sense. But generally speaking, like I think you said earlier, he's a really quiet guy. He doesn't really say much and he's very almost proper in a way which is odd which is for, shocking because yeah some really tragic shit happened to him yeah exactly he inadvertently killed his father right yeah well he <laughs> like nobody would blame him but he blames himself because he knows that the devil had something to do with it yeah so 
there's going to be a big jump. The big jump. Nick Cage is going to go end zone to end zone in a football field, 100 yards in a football field, in one motorcycle jump on the anniversary of his father's death. So in order to do this jump properly, he says he needs a sign. And that sign is he sees his long-lost love, Ava Mendez, who's now a reporter for some stupid news organization because she gives the worst interview possible. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess it's live or something. It's very like Talladega Nights where Will Ferrell's like, I don't don't know what to do with my hands. (laughs) The car goes real fast. So it's very much like that, that really awkward um, interview. She'll ask him a question and be like, so like, how did you prepare for today? And he'd be like, you look great. I haven't seen you in so long. And she's like, okay. And and what do you do to prepare Wow, it's been a while. <laughs> what did you expect would happen, Ava Mendez? What did you expect would happen? So before he has his big jump, he hypes himself up with the carpenters and he drinks coffee straight out of the pot. Like it must oh, be burning yeah, hot. Gross. Yeah. So he gets that sign from Ava. Oh, Ava Mendez is here. That's the sign. I'm going to do the jump. But he doesn't just do the jump. He opens up, I guess it's a, do- a football field that's a dome. He opens it up. And six Apache helicopters. <laughs> Apache helicopters. I don't know if they're Apaches or not. They're definitely not. But they come down and land and their blades are spinning. And he's like, I'm going to jump six helicopters because my dad thought it was cool. Yep. And so he jumps the six. He does it. He yeah. lives. He lives. Of course he makes it. Why wouldn't he? And then he chases after Ava Mendez's truck, right? Right. And so this is really weird because up until this point in the movie, now we've only seen Nick Cage for like 10 minutes, but... And the movie's like 45 minutes and through. And we're 45 minutes into the... We're like halfway through the movie. So so we've only seen, seen him be this kind of goofy, buttoned-up guy, but he's like doing motorcycle stunts and like doing really crazy shit on the road trying to get this truck to stop. So he ends up getting the truck to stop and he is talking to Ava Mendez. She's like, you're crazy, I can't believe you, blah, blah, blah. And he just grabs her and kisses her. <laughs> She doesn't point him, push him away, really. No, she wants it. She wants it. And he goes, can I take you to dinner? How about some Italian? <laughs> I know how much you love Italian. Italian. And she goes, okay, meet me here. Don't be late. And then he just screams. Yes! As he puts his fist in the air, which came out of nowhere. Yep. Anyhow. Where were we? So... <laughs> so he's getting italian yeah so he's getting ready for the date and he's he's giving he's getting giving himself a pep talk in his apartment which has tons of motorcycles and he basically lives in like a garage and ava mendez is already at the restaurant and she's having second thoughts so she's drinking lots of wine and ava mendez pulls out of her purse a magic eight ball (laughs) asks it something like should i be here or something and it goes outlook not so good or whatever magic eight balls say and she goes oh and puts the magic eight ball away. <laughs> she just carries a magic eight ball around with her. Do you not? No. I have one of those. Do you ever m- wonder what women keep in their purses? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so Nick Cage at his apartment, his hands start burning. So he starts running them under fire, and he's freaking out. And underwater. Yeah, he runs his hands underwater. Like he said, under fire. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> So, and then the devil shows up and the devil's like, hey, I've got a bounty for you. I need you to get my son who's after these scrolls and you need to kill him because I can't hurt him on earth. And Nick Cage says, I won't do it. He gets on his bike and rides away. But as he's getting onto his bike, he stops somewhere or the bike flips him off, the bu- uh, flips him off because the bike is somewhat sentient at this point. 
and he's standing in this warehouse and we have the first transma- transformation of Nick Cage into Ghost Rider. And it Insert goes here. <laughs> it goes a little something like this. So yeah, it's a lot. Lots of great screams in there, and of course he turns into the skeleton man with his head on fire. He runs into the devil's son and all of his elemental bros. He ends up killing one of them with a flaming chain. Like I said, he's got a chain that he kills one of them with. He transforms the bike as well into a like skeleton bike. Uh, then he's just kind of on the prowl looking to stop crime wherever he can. And he runs into none other than Rebel Wilson. Uh, actress. First, first, uh, movie. First movie, really. Mm-hmm. Doing an American accent, which I thought wasn't bad. Yeah. And, um, she is getting mugged essentially. So Nick Cage as Ghost Rider takes the mugger and does what's called the penance stare which we have not talked about, but essentially... <laughs> it's what I mentioned earlier. Did you mention it? It was like the first thing I oh, said. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the pen, the penance stare that Hannah alluded to in the first line of this I got, podcast. I gotta look up what, it, what he says. Yeah, find out what he says, but I'll explain what it does is when he focuses and somebody looks into his eyes, that person experiences all of the pain that they've ever inflicted on another person. So what's the line? Uh, the line goes a little something like this. <laughs> <laughs> Look into my eyes. Your soul is stained by the blood of the innocent. Feel their pain. Yes, exactly. So now in the comics, that's used really well because he can like do the penance stare on someone like Thanos who's murdered billions and then like they'll just immediately die. Mm-hmm. But he did this on some mugger and this mugger immediately died <laughs> because he like robbed some woman. But a lot of people. I guess he robbed a lot of yeah, people. You yeah, you look into his eyes and you see the innocent pain of uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever you just 50 said. Fifty people that he probably yeah. killed. Yeah. So he rides his bike to a random cemetery that is actually his father, where his father's buried. Actually, now that I think about it, but mm-hmm. Sam Elliott is the caretaker there, who's a previous Ghost Rider, who we know, but he doesn't know this. And Nick Cage. How do we know? Because he gave the original voiceover. And it was him in all of the pictures in, I mean, it was like shadowy, but he was like, that's the ghost rider and he rides the ghosts. Yeah, <laughs> and, but like, I just thought he was, was like giving clearly, a voiceover. And clearly Sam Elliott with his giant mustache. <laughs> it's like, that's definitely Sam Elliott, yeah. the original ghost rider. <laughs> so anyhow, he has another really great scream as he transforms back into Johnny Blaze and it goes a little something like this. <laughs> 
<laughs> so those are both really good. They're great. Uh, so he's at this church that, that has the cemetery with Sam Elliott. And there's a scene where Nick Cage first wakes up in the morning that was used a lot, I remember, in the trailers for this movie, where Sam Elliott's like, how are you feeling, son? And Nick's like, Ugh, feels like my skull's on fire, but I'll be okay. And it's like, that's so on the nose. <laughs> Who would ever say that? So do you remember what he does right before he speaks to Sam Elliott? So he like slam he slams like four mugs of water, yeah. Right. So I just read this whatever tidbit that mm-hmm. it makes sense that obviously Sam Elliott was a previous ghostwriter because he knows exactly how Nick is gonna feel when he wakes yeah, up. So he was water, like, Well, yeah. when I first woke up, I knew I needed four glasses of water, so I'm going to leave them for him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't exactly. know. I just thought that was like thoughtful. Yeah, no, it's it's nice of him, but then But also like thoughtful writing. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I you know, maybe the one scene in this movie that's thoughtful. That's writing. it. That's that's all they got. Ava <laughs> <laughs> Mendez in particular. Just her character in this movie is not so written well. Stupid. It's really bad. I feel bad. Yeah. So uh Sam Elliott explains everything about the Ghost Rider. He just knows everything about Ghost Rider and Nick Cage is like, Oh, how do you know so much, old man? <laughs> and it's just like obviously he was a ghost rider. Anyhow, Nick Cage runs into Ava Mendez and she's like, can't believe you stood me up because he was out being riding around. Then Nick Cage goes back to his apartment after that brief encounter with Ava Mendez. And this is one of the best scenes in the movie, quite honestly, because Nick Cage is oiled up. He's glistening like a god. (laughs) I think I heard, if I remember correctly, I think it might be a body double and they stitched his face onto it. Well. Yeah. What do you got? In the DVD commentary. Oh, yeah. The director... There's a lot of rumors that the abs are CGI or a body double. Yes. The director refuted that and claimed that it was Nick. I mean, Nick's in good shape and he does Not look that like... that shape. But like in his face, you can tell his face is like thinner than it's been in like recent movies. But... We've never seen him look that... Even in Best of Times, he didn't look that good. Uh, yeah. He probably looked that good in Birdie. He was pretty cut up in Birdie. That's because he... He was like 22. Birdie. <laughs> yeah, and now he's like 40. <laughs> he like lived the life of a Vietnam vet and Birdie in yeah. real life so that he could feel the pain. So he's oiled up. He's muscled up. He looks at himself in the mirror after this night of ghost riding. He starts clacking his teeth together. Like that. He pulls up his nose. Pulls up his nose for like some reason. To try to look up his nose to see the skull underneath like a piggy, as Hannah said. <laughs> And then he starts, like, trying to scare himself in the mirror. Just like, boo. Like, ah. Very <laughs> odd. So it's such a weird movie. Or such a weird scene. Then Do you he, think that was his choice? Definitely. That whole scene was all him. <laughs> there was nothing in the script for that scene. It was just him. It was like, look in the mirror and do weird shit. Yeah. And then he chose those things. Yeah. So he then goes over to a random book that he's got around the house. He loves reading about religious stuff so that he can learn more about this interaction he had with the devil when he was a teenager. And he reads a line. He's like, ah, through focus, I can control my fire powers. And he just goes into his living room and And he sticks out his arm. I'm focusing on my fire powers. And then they work. And he makes like a fireball. He's not Ghost Rider. He's human Nicolas Cage. (laughs) He just shoots a fireball. And then Ava Mendes shows up. And she was like, hey, listen, I know you stood me up and I hate you, but also I love you or something like that. And they just start kissing. I don't know, Steve. Like, why I did she know. show up? That makes no sense. 
And then she's like, tell me the real reason you didn't show up. And he's like, well, you won't believe me. I, I want to be honest with you, but you won't believe me. She's like, try me. No, I'll believe you. It's okay. I care about you. And he's like, well, I turned into a giant fiery ghost monster. <laughs> and I can look into people's souls and tell whether or not they're evil. And she's like, how dare you make up such a crazy story? To just, just if you didn't want to hang out with me, just say you didn't want to hang out with me. What? Like, <laughs> God, I hate it. I hate it when female leads are written like that me too (laughs) trust me me too (laughs) i know i know so she leaves and then the cops show up because at one of the scenes of the crimes or whatever from the night before they found his license plate all melted together or something so they found his license plate they come over they're like johnny blaze you're under arrest they arrest him they briefly interrogate him they throw him in a drunk tank with a bunch of people around and it's starting to get night drunk tank that's what they call like the jail and a uh like a, a police um oh like the one where everyone's in it yeah like where you just you throw like the people happy hour of, of jail cells <laughs> not happy hour but it's like where you let drunk people sleep off their alcohol because they probably did something illegal uh, can't believe you've never heard drunk tank no hmm. yeah anyway so <laughs> he's in there and his ghost rider powers come up because they come up at night when there's evil present so a bunch of people are like picking on him. They're like, you're Johnny Blaze. And they start beating on him. And he screams. Please get me out of here. Then he starts growling and laughing. <laughs> and he steals someone's spiky leather jacket because that's badass. <laughs> and uh, the cop. Like I said, you yeah. know, he. I feel like they had to make up for how lame Johnny Blaze is as a human yes yeah by making him super cool as a monster so much leather <laughs> some motorcycles and fire so a cop comes over and batons nick cage well the ghost rider in the face and he just sticks up a finger and goes ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, don't do that <laughs> it's like great so the ghost rider goes after the demons the elemental demons again he ends up killing the air demon this time by making a tornado with his chain he also fire. a fire and he also lassos a helicopter for some unknown reason <laughs> also the cops just open fire at him because i guess because he's a flaming scary monster but when the ghost rider got stabbed in a previous scene the mugger that was mugging rebel wilson stabbed him and then nick cage as a human had to get stitched up in that spot so the cops like riddle him with bullets <laughs> So Nick Cage should be just Swiss cheese, <laughs> but he's not. I don't know why. So no continuity. Yeah. So there's some more exposition and shit about like, oh, this the devil's son is after the contract for a thousand souls, and ultimately Nick Cage is like, well, he knows who I am now, so he's gonna go after ava mendez i gotta go protect ava mendez and she he's got ava mendez so nick's like i i need the the contract for a thousand souls i need it and that's when he finds out that sam elliott was the previous ghost rider and hands well, him the what? <laughs> hands of the the scroll and he's like you do this but you're gonna need some help son and sam elliott transforms into a ghost rider and it's like whoa and then they both ride off to this small little Mexican town. This part made me so mad. <laughs> they both ride off into this small little Mexican town. They get to the outskirts of the town. They're like, okay, this is where he he needs to go for the contract. This is where he's going to do it. And it's like, well, okay, let's let's go in there together. And then Sam, Sam Elliott's Elliot, like, 
I only had enough in me for one last ride and that was it. So I'm turning around and you're on your own, kid. (laughs) And it's like, why not help him? Help him. So the devil's son has I thought it would have been way cooler. Yeah. With two ghost riders. Absolutely. So the devil's son has Ava Mendez and in exchange for Ava Mendez, Nick Cage is going to give him the scroll and there's a tussle. Actually, uh, Nick Cage first kills the last elemental demon, the water demon. He boils him to death, essentially, which seems pretty obvious. It didn't seem that hard, quite honestly. No, it killing any of those elemental demons was very simple. Yeah, yeah, really easy. <laughs> oh, also Sam Elliott tosses Nick Cage a shotgun. So that's another uh, yes. classic Ghost Rider weapon is a shotgun and a chain in his motorcycle. So, cool. <laughs> yeah, so they make the exchange, Ava Mendez for the scroll, and uh, this demon son or the devil son. He reads the scroll, which is like one sentence. Yeah, yeah, it was like 10 words. <laughs> he just had to be like, all of the souls are mine, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, and like all these souls come out of this town, and they start going into his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> He's just eating disgusting. all these souls. Nick Cage is throwing fireballs at him. It's not quite working. And then the sun comes up, so Nick Cage is no longer Ghost Rider. So now what's he going to do? He has to get him into the shadows. So he, they try to corner him into the shadows. And <laughs> when Nick- do they talk? When do they tell... When does Sam Elliott tell Nick that he can still be Ghost Rider in the shadows? I don't know. It's not really clear. <laughs> I remember watching this movie and then thinking that the the climax of the movie is not very clear at all what's no. happening. And it's <laughs> no. the same here. So... Nick Cage and this guy who is now going by Legion because he's a thousand souls all put together. Mm, so the devil's son. The devil's son and Nick Cage, the ghost rider, are fighting each other. And then just when you think Nick Cage is on the ropes, Ava Mendez comes out of nowhere with a shotgun and blows his head off. But he's not dead yet. So Nick Cage takes the shotgun, puts his hand in the shadows. The shotgun turns into a ghost rider shotgun. And then that kills him. Well, no, that doesn't kill no, him. No, it doesn't. It stuns he's, him. Yeah. And then he goes over to him and says... I'm going to give you the penance stare. Now that you've got a thousand souls, you're going to feel the hurt of a thousand souls and all the badness that they did. You're going to feel it all at once. And then he dies. Yep. No, not the badness they did. The badness you did to them. Oh, well. Because it's the blood of the innocent, Steve. It doesn't matter. Please. It's like you didn't even watch the movie. Yeah. Then the devil himself shows up. Peter Fonda, he goes... (laughs) hey, you did a great job killing my son. I'll take those Ghost Rider back, uh, powers back from you now if you want. And Nick's like, no. No, I'm good. <laughs> he points at you. He's like, I'm going to use these powers to take you down one day. I'm going to be the spirit of vengeance. Yes. <laughs> I'm the spirit of vengeance. Which is and what the, do we think the next movie is going to be called? Ghost Rider <laughs> spirit of vengeance. Just so much is so obvious in this movie. Then Nick Cage takes Ava Mendez under the tree that their teenage counterparts were under. And um, they kiss. And then Nick Cage rides off into the sunset. They have a really cheesy zoom in and he winks and raises an eyebrow or something. He raises an eyebrow, yes. We didn't mention the bridge. I don't know if you wanted Uh, to mention that. Doesn't matter. It was when the cops were chasing him way back when. It was just the bridge in Melbourne, Uh, um, Australia, that was going to get blown up anyway. Ah. (laughs) So they just let them do whatever they wanted to it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he, he... Rides his motorcycle up like the, I don't know what you would call that, like up the curved the part. The apex of it. Yeah, up the it. curved part of the apex of the bridge. And then he like grinds down it like a skateboard and starts driving on water after that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kind of so. like the St. Louis Arch. Yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, that's that. So that's that. 
Any other closing thoughts? I'm honestly surprised that they wanted that people wanted a sequel for this. Yeah. At the time, there weren't that many superhero movies. It made good money. Yeah, made decent money. And at the time, there weren't very very many superhero movies. That's true. What do you think if it came out today and that quality? No. No? It it would get nothing. (laughs) All right. So that's going to do it for the movie. Uh, Let's see. So we went over closing thoughts. Let's do some Nick Cage awards, shall we? Let's do it. Best supporting actor. I like Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott's pretty great. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm good with that. Best dressed. Now, we didn't really elaborate. He has his mm. motorcycle jumpsuit. He has his obvious Ghost Rider costume. It's not really him, though. Yeah. I like the motorcycle jumpsuit. Okay. It's like a white and red motorcycle. Oh, my God. He wears a cowboy hat with, with it, it in these ungodly weird-looking shades. Mm, Do you remember yes, the sunglasses? Yes, I, remember I don't the even know how to explain them. They're like... Look, just... Google it. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost Rider sunglasses. Uh, worst Nick Cage scene. <sighs> Any of the ones where, like, he, like, the, how about that one where Eva Mendes comes to his apartment and yeah. he tells her that he's Ghost Rider and she doesn't believe him? Okay, so, like, well, yeah, so, like, the second half of that well, scene. Well, okay, so yeah. the worst part of, of that scene is him just kissing her. Ugh. Yeah, that, <laughs> ugh. Any moment where Nick Cage kisses Eva Mendes is the worst part of the movie. I agree with you a thousand percent. All right, best Nick Cage scene. It's got to be the transformation, right? Ooh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I think that's also going to win our next award, which is the best Nick oh, Cage wait. scream. No, I think the is it the shirtless where he's clacking his teeth yeah, and looking I at like his that. nose like, I like a little that piggy. Scene. Okay, because <laughs> that's the beginning of the Ava Mendes scene. Yeah, I, I like that talking. scene. Okay, so that's, that's gonna go best, to that one. Best Nick Cage scene. So the best scream. Best scream is that whole thing, that like whole just thing. transformation. Yeah. And then I've got I've got one for Nuvo. Okay, what do you got for Nuvo Shamanic? It's the fact that he chose that his character would drink <laughs> jelly beans, <laughs> jelly out, beans of out of a martini glass, listen to the Carpenters, and have just a very mellow vibe. And enjoy chimpanzees. Yes. (laughs) There are a few other lines in this movie where he's like, I like to watch TV. And it's like, I like to watch the monkeys on TV. I like to watch monkeys on TV. It's like his crew wanted to watch like a replay, a recap of him on TV, like on whatever network that was. And he's like, turn on Discovery. I want to watch the monkeys. So weird. (laughs) All right. That's going to do it for our Nick Cage Awards. Where are we ranking this one? Where do you want to start? Other than like the scream, it's not that cagey. But That's then again, ne- neither is like <laughs> the Wicker Man. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and we ranked that pretty high. We did. We did. I think that was in the f- top five. Yeah. Wicker Man was number five. What's number 10? 10 is now Racing with the Moon. Yeah. Let's pop it above Racing with the Moon. <laughs> so... <laughs> So it's going to go between The Family Man and Racing with the Moon. That's fine. Okay. How do you feel about that? That's fine. This one, honestly, for me, could go literally anywhere. I feel like it could go middle. It could go bottom. It could go top. I feel like it should be up there. Yeah. All right. I'm good with that. Where's the National Treasure? Four? We have National Treasure at three. Okay. That's That's, that's key. That's where it belongs. So next week, we will go through that list in its entirety. Is it our 50th episode? Next week is our 50th oh actual episode. We have a few oh, yeah, bonus did, episodes. Like two or three bonus episodes. Wow, that's so insane. And the movie is Grindhouse. All I know is that it's a Tarantino movie, and I believe it's actually two movies in one, and Nick Cage is uncredited. So uh, he'll only be like in one scene, probably. 
So we so won't we have much to talk about the movie. Both movies? Or we probably should. <laughs> I know. We can find out which one he's in. We'll figure it out. We'll figure <laughs> it out later. We should probably watch both, but we'll figure it out. Okay. okay. And next week, we'll go through the whole list. One to 50 or Whoa. 50 to one. Yeah, 50 to one. Yeah. Do a countdown. Okay. We'll do a countdown next week. Otherwise, that's all I got. Yeah, that's that's all for me as well. May your soul be burned with blood of the innocent innocent yeah. blood stained fantastic <laughs> we'll be back to talk more ghost rider in a few weeks so all right if we, we missed anything again. We'll, right, cool. we'll, we'll talk about it in the sequel boy oh boy yeah you all good yep and now you know why the nick cage bird sings thanks for listening guys take care now freak out